Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and workers' stories. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. This week, we go to two different rallies that are bound by violence. The first is a Victorian rally to honour the National Day of Respect for Public Transport Workers, especially poignant because of the recent death of a Brisbane bus driver attacked by a passenger. This rally was repeated across the country as workers came to pay their respects and demand change. The second rally we visit was held outside the Fair Work Commission offices in Melbourne Central to mark the first hearings into the call for domestic violence leave to be included in awards. But first, some workers' news. Sanity seems to have returned to construction sites last week with a decision from the Federal Court around union access to sites on issues of safety. Last week, the Federal Court proceedings brought by the Director of Fair Work Building and Construction, FWBC, Nigel Hadkiss, against former CFMEU organiser Mick Powell, was dismissed in what has been hailed by the CFMEU as a decision affirming that safety is paramount. In May 2014, Mick Powell was arrested by Victorian police for entering a cane construction site to assist a health and safety representative with safety issues. It subsequently emerged that the Fair Work Building Construction, the FWBC, had been advising Victorian police and cane constructions that Mick Powell was breaching the Fair Work Act by coming on site and was a trespasser. This was despite a direction from WorkSafe Inspector that Mr Powell should remain on site. The absurd trespass charges against Mick Powell were subsequently dropped by Victorian Police and today the Federal Court has ruled that the legal advice from the FWBC that encouraged Victorian Police to arrest Mick Powell was utterly wrong. This has been a disgraceful example of the FWBC attempting to politicise the Victorian Police with plainly wrong, ideologically driven advice about the Fair Work Act and the Victorian OHS Act, said CFMEU State Secretary John Secker. What the ruling established was that Section 57 of the Fair Work Act allows that a health and safety representative can invite onto site people with expertise around safety concerns, including union officials. In an impassioned speech to CUB picketers last week, Troy Gray, Secretary of the ETU Victorian branch, outlined the discussions that have been going on with unions and the new owners of the CUB, NVEV. After more than 23 weeks out, nothing has been resolved, but there is an interesting development. Cascade in Tasmania is a CUB-owned resource, and since the Victorian dispute has been going on, the Tasmanian factory has been taking on some of the Melbourne lines leading up to the summer period. It is true that sales are down of CUB brands and the brand in general is experiencing a beating. As the EBA for Cascade is at its end, there is talk of possible protective action which may put some fire under the dispute. The remaining picketers are digging in as the corporation is being watched for signs of changing the future operations at CUB. 
A new report called Not Just Work, Ending the Exploitation of Refugee and Migrant Workers, West Justice Employment Law Project Final Report, authored by Catherine Hemingway, has been launched at the Fair Work Commission on Tuesday, the 15th of November. It focuses on the need for legal reforms necessary to curb the exploitation of migrant workers and the removal of barriers to them successfully claiming compensation when their legal rights are violated. The issue of exploitation of migrant workers is firmly in the sights of unions. The Transport Workers Union reports underpayment of a Sri Lankan truck driver recently by almost $9,000, which highlights the ongoing problem in the transport industry. The union has called for reforms to stamp out exploitation, including additional right of entry and investigative powers for unions, training for migrants on their rights at work, and higher penalties for companies which exploit migrants in their supply chains. Workers imported by companies or arriving in desperate situations should not be treated as cheap alternative labour. Australian government, businesses and the community should stand together to protect and enhance community rights and not allow this systematic abuse to continue, said TWU National Secretary Tony Sheldon. Tackling the issue in Queensland, the Migrant Workers' Union Alliance is a new partnership between the NUW, that's the National Union of Workers, United Voice Queensland and AMIEU, Queensland branch, that's the Meat Workers, and Morris Blackburn Lawyers. The alliance was formed to organise international workers in Australia who are disproportionately affected by exploitation and bad workplace practices, such as wage theft. Last week, they held their first outreach session in Brisbane where they spoke to workers about their rights at work, how to join their union and what to do if they're not being treated with respect in the workplace. Just a quick shout out, a reminder to Health Workers Union members that the new public sector agreement closes at 4pm on Wednesday, November the 16th. The HWU has negotiated a 14% pay rise, $1,561 sign-on bonus and uplifting classifications. Members needing to find out more about the new public service agreement need to contact their union. You're on Stick Together with Annie McLaughlin, produced at 3CR Melbourne and distributed by the Community Radio Network. When a Brisbane bus driver was killed two weeks ago, the issue of public transport workers' safety rocketed to the fore. Mamint Alicia, 29, died when an incendiary device similar to a Molotov cocktail was allegedly thrown inside his bus, setting him on fire at a Moruka bus stop. This has prompted nationwide memorials, but of course for public transport workers it is more concerning because, as some have said, it could have been them. We report from one of those rallies. And our first speaker today is the National President of the proud RTBU, the fantastic Phil Altieri. Uh, Today we're here for two reasons. One is to acknowledge and respect and honour the death of our murdered member in Brisbane, Manmeet Sharma, known as Alisha. And the second reason we're here is to launch our national campaign, the RTBU, along with the TWU. Uh, today is the launch of our national campaign to bring absolute awareness in the first instance 
about the plights of public transport workers and safety problems, and then following on from that. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Manmeet. Manmeet was a bus driver in Brisbane at Sherwood Depot. He wasn't a bus driver for long. He drove taxis before he became a bus driver. The irony of that is he actually left the taxi industry because he thought driving buses was actually safer. That was his reasoning to become a bus driver. Manmeet was a absolutely beautiful human being. He was very talented. He had aspirations of uh, becoming an actor. He actually did a few short movies, um, albeit uh, amateur, uh, but he was a performer, he was a songwriter in his community, you know, the Punjabi community in Brisbane, and he was very well known and respected right across our public transport industry up in Brisbane. Everybody knew about him, even though he wasn't around for long. The tragedy about this is a worker goes to work carrying out his everyday duties, driving his bus, and he did it with, um, let's say, happiness and, and making people happy. Well, on this tragic day, on the 28th of October, he was murdered. That, that's what happened, he was murdered. Some idiot, for God knows what reasons, uh, got on the bus with some sort of um, device, a petrol bomb, but we're not sure what was in there, but apparently there's other chemicals, um, and just decided to put him alight, splashed him with all this stuff and then proceeded to put him alight. He had no hope. He had no hope at all. You know, there were other passengers in the bus and it was absolute panic uh, because the fire just absolutely took something incredible. Um, and I've just got to mention the taxi driver that really put his own life at risk by kicking those doors in to get those uh, other passengers out. Um, but the sad indictment and it really highlights the safety of our problems, is the fact that for bus drivers, generally speaking, there is very little protection. Before I get into our campaign, I just want to say that I'd like to have a minute silence in memory of our deceased member, Menmeet Sharma. Thank you. Thank you for that, and rest in peace, Menmeet. The second part of our day is, as I said, the launch of our national campaign with a TWU and RTBU. Public transport workers have had enough. We have been copping abuse, assaults, we've been spat on, our lives have been threatened, our families have been threatened, you name it, it all happens on public transport. We go to work to do our job. We're a vital part of our community, as spoken earlier by Val. Many Millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people rely on us every day. We go to work, diligently doing our work, and we need to be respected in our workplace. Because what we see is an absolute increase in this sort of behaviour across the country. Not just here in Melbourne, across the country. Antisocial behaviour towards our members is on the increase, and it is alarming. Of course, the pinnacle that we've just seen is the murder of one of our members. We, as a movement and as a community, we cannot just sit back and let that slide. Oh, these things happen. Well, no, they don't happen. We need to really draw this campaign to a front where we've got to engage a debate amongst ourselves initially because we've got to have a real think tank about what mitigations, what things do we put in place to make public transports 
workers safer at their work. You know, we have to start thinking about our bus people because in my view, bus drivers are not protected anywhere near enough the way they should be. You know, we in the trams, you could say we're a little spoiled, but we do have plenty of problems. But we do have an enclosed cabin that does protect our members. Uh, but having said that, we also have our problems. But there's got to be a bigger debate than just security screens for bus drivers and taxis. You know, we've got to have a debate about changing legislation. We do have legislation in place that go to emergency services workers. Well, there's no reason why public transport workers should not fall within that category. People need to understand, you mess with a tra public transport worker, you abuse them, you assault them, there needs to be much heavier consequences. So that the lawmakers of this country need to wake up to that. We need to have a debate about when we work in our customer services areas, our AOs, our station staff, our CSEs. Are we working safely in the correct numbers? Because in stations, I know there's a lot of assaults on our members working on their own. We've got to have a debate about all that stuff. Once we've sorted out what those measures need to be, then we have to drive those home. We need to engage the governments. A lot of public transport around the country is run by the government. Victoria is the only state where it's been privatised. But we also need to engage authorities, the regulators, and certainly the bloody employers, who have an absolute responsibility, not only on a legal point of view, but on a moral point of view, to provide a safe and healthy workplace for their employees, our members. Nobody can say public transport is safe. As a result of this terrible incident, we are absolutely at the forefront. Our member being murdered and dying tragically means it is not safe. And it is our collective responsibility to attack that front on. So that's what this campaign is going to be about. Yes, we respect our deceased member, we mourn him, but let me tell you, those tears that have been shed up in Brisbane and even down here, because this has sent shockwaves through the whole public transport fraternity and sisterhood, right through our members. Not only there, but in the community. Those tears that have been shed, well, those tears need to turn to anger. That anger needs to turn to rage. And our collective rage is what's gonna deliver a safer workplace for our members. We all need to jump on board to make sure we do the right thing by our public transport workers. Thank you. Now, our TWU Victorian Assistant State Secretary, Chris Fennell. The TWU for some time have been saying enough is enough. Our bus drivers are telling us enough is enough. We even have bus companies saying enough is enough. Make no mistake about it. We have an emergency. We won't have our members or the community go to work or catch public transport worried that they could be abused, spat on or attacked. The TWU won't be shying away from taking up the fight for improved safety of our bus drivers. We'll be holding our own rally next Tuesday in front of Parliament House to tell Public Transport Victoria enough is enough. Also at this, this weekend's Labor Party conference, the TWU will be moving motions uh, towards the state government say that we need to protect transport workers, transport workers, bus drivers, public transport workers need to be able to go to work safely, work in a safe environment and go home safely. Thank you. Uh, I'm joined by Luba Grigorovic, uh, State Secretary of the RTBU in Victoria. Thanks for joining us, Luba. My absolute pleasure. Um, so can you tell us what the rally was about here today? 
Today we gathered to honour Mehmet Ashir, who tragically lost his life in Brisbane last week. Uh, what happened to him was a horrific, horrific murder. However, it's not a one-off instance. Uh, public transport workers get spat on, get abused on a daily basis, and it's simply not okay. So we're calling on the state government and Public Transport Victoria to ensure that uh, public transport workers are actually treated with the respect and dignity that they deserve. That's great. And um, we're seeing the RTVU and the TWU work together on a national campaign. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so we're quite excited to join our brothers and sisters from the Transport Workers Union. Um, it's quite a odd marriage. Here in Victoria, buses are privatised and consequently the DMARC means that the Transport Workers Union cover bus drivers in Victoria. Um, however, in the rest of Australia, the Rail, Tram and Bus Union covers uh, bus drivers. Therefore, we've joined together in this campaign to actually um, try and make a difference and get these safety shields erected for bus drivers all around the country. Great. Thanks for your time. You're on Stick Together, Union News and Workers Stories. The Australian Services Union reached a world first when they incorporated a domestic violence leave clause in their recent EBA. Now the unions want that to be enshrined in our reward system. Ten days paid leave available to a worker who needs to resolve issues related to domestic violence separate from annual leave or sick leave. Stick Together was outside the Fair Work Commission with workers on November the 14th. I'm standing here at the front of the Fair Work Commission where about 150 to 200 people have gathered rallying in support of the introduction of family violence leave into uh, modern awards at a hearing today. There's a number of different unions represented here, blue collar, white collar, uh, health unions, public service unions, the high visibility vests of the CFMEU and other building trades unions, uh, stark contrast to the black of the women standing stern-faced against the wall of the Fair Work Commission representing the 65 women who have been killed by intimate partner violence in this last year alone. Michelle O'Neill, who is the State and National Secretary of the TCFUA. Please welcome Michelle O'Neill. Good morning, sisters, brothers, comrades. Great to see you here today. I also want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're gathering on today, the Kulin Nation, and pay all my respects to their elders, past and present. This is a momentous case that the union movement is running here in Australia. This is something that we as unionists understand because the Australian trade union movement has a very proud history of world leading changes for the rights of workers. And here in Australia, I wanna start by acknowledging the world leading efforts of the Australian Services Union in winning the very first domestic, paid domestic violence leave in enterprise agreements. The first in the world. Woo! 
And now here we are gathering today for the beginning of a case to try and win 10 days paid leave in awards. And the members of my union, the Textile, Clothing and Footwear Union, are largely dependent on awards. In fact, there are many, many workers, and in particular, women workers in Australia who are reliant on the award as their absolute minimum set of rights and conditions. So this is critical that we win this case. It's critical that we win this fight. And it's critical that we change this country. Because just this year, 66 women have died. What we know about Australian women now is that one in four have been subject to some sort of violence from an intimate partner. And yet the employers who are opposing this application try and tell us that it's nothing to do with them. That it's nothing to do with work. They try and say that the cost of this will be too great. Well, comrades, think about that. Even if they're not to prepared to consider the human cost, even if they're not prepared to consider the human cost. Of course, just on a monetary basis, this is a wrong decision of theirs. Because every time a woman has to flee, every time a woman has to go to a court, to a police station, to her kid's school, to a real estate agent, to a lawyer, to a doctor, to a nurse, to a hospital, every single time, there is actually the human cost of that. But then, of course, there's a cost in terms of the employer and that woman not being able to be at work. But even if they don't want to think about that, they need to think about what it means in terms of their responsibility and ours to be part of cultural change and attitudinal change in this country. How can they not step up to that responsibility? They have the nerve to claim that this case is about giving leave to perpetrators. That is a lie. They have the nerve to say that this is something that, well, most employers are good employers. And if they knew this was a problem, they would voluntarily give the woman leave. Well, I'm prepared to say that some employers, some employers have and may adopt that approach. But my experience of work, my experience of the rights of low-paid workers and award-dependent workers is the vast bulk of them have to fight every day just to get their minimum entitlements. So it is not the case that this will be fixed by generosity of heart. This must be fixed by a right. A right that is not one that is up for negotiation because award-dependent workers, of course, have less bargaining power. They are also the workers that are the poorest workers. They're also the workers that are more likely to be casual and part-time and insecure workers. They need this more than ever. So I want to say to you today, sisters, brothers and comrades, that this is something that is part of a bigger campaign. This is something that we must take responsibility to change, not only to win in our awards and importantly in the NES, the National Employment Standards, but also 
something that we must change in our own workplaces, in our own communities and in our own unions. Because it's our attitudes, the attitudes of our brothers and sisters, it's the attitudes of every single union member that will really bring about the change that is needed, which is of course prevention. We must stop domestic violence. All of us are touched by this. Some of us are touched because of our own experience. Others are touched because of the experience of our sisters, our mothers, our daughters. Some of us are touched because we know the ones who didn't survive. So when I hear the employers say that the cost of 10 days paid domestic violence leave is too much, I say to them, what's the value right, comrades, of one woman's life? We have a message from Rosie Batty. She couldn't come today, so I'm just going to read you that message. I'm so sorry that I've been unable to attend the rally today due to circumstances beyond my control. I'm very disappointed not to be there this morning because family violence leave is an incredibly important issue and you all have my full support. The most important message for us to deliver today is that family violence is a workplace issue. Employers and communities must face the reality of the epidemic and respond. I've met many victims over the last few years. I know that those experiencing the trauma of family violence can find it impossible to get work, whether it's because of physical violence or other forms of power and controlling behaviour from their partners or former partners. I am joining you in your call to the Fair Work Commission to make domestic violence leave available to all employees. Not only would this give many victims of family violence more employment security, but it also would be sending a strong message that a woman and her children have the right to be safe and free from abuse in their homes and in their workplaces. We all need to take responsibility for family violence and this is a very important step. A big thank you to all those who turned out today to support this important campaign. That's it for Stick Together. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Phil Altieri, Chris Fanel, Luba Gregorovich and Michelle O'Neill for talking to us. Also to Matt Kunkel, Stick Together reporter. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.
Thank you.